0: Aaron, the high priest. You know my brother, Moses? He looks a little like Charlton Heston. You know him. Oh, yeah, he's a great guy. Well, Israel told me to make sure I tell you about this right here. Chosen people ministries. That's the ministry that Israel Cohen's with. And I had some stuff here that Israel left for me. By the way, if anything doesn't work right, it's because Israel didn't tell me all the right stuff, you know, didn't teach me all the right things. Now, I'm Aaron, the high priest. Now look, you you watch this. What's your name? What? Micah, like like the guy in the Bible, Micah. Anyway, you watch this, okay? I'll call you Mike. Is that all right? Can I call you Mike? You're supposed to say I can call you anything, but late for dinner, no problem. Okay. This is very special, so you watch that. Make sure no one touches that, okay? Out on the table, there's a lot of number of literature people pieces that Israel Cohen told me to remind you. It's all free. And he said he wanted me to remind you about something very important. Some folks this morning wanted a video, the video of the Inside the Middle East Crisis Conference in October. And we ran out. Uh, Two people got them. Now, uh, uh, Brother John, where are you? Where's Brother John? Raise your hand. He's not even here. He's gone somewhere. Okay. Sola. Okay, I need you to help me out she's going to be at the table there not now later on you're going to help out Aaron and Israel and she's going to be the one I'm going to show her how to do this uh, well i got to get Israel out of the closet to show her but uh, how to do this if you want that video the video on the Middle East Crisis we've got to send it to you it's, it's, uh, it costs a little money and she'll tell you about that and, and use this brochure to get it so Sola will be in charge of the video you're going to be here right Sola? no problem okay and then all the other literature's free but if you want that video we're going to get it mail it right to you Israel Cohen told me to tell you that he'll send it to you without any shipping charges since you're ordering it right here at the church. Perfect, huh? And next time, Israel promised me he's going to bring more videos, so I'll have to check that out. Lots of free literature up there, and it's a very exciting time to be here with you. And uh, I've got to be careful I don't spill this. I'm going to let you know something: the water from the rock tasted better than this stuff. I'm telling you, it was uh, it was good stuff. Okay, now. Israel Cohen told me to, to teach you all about where I work and what I do in the Tabernacle, and, and we gotta we gotta go back a little bit. So what we're going to do is we're going to go back to this. Let's see the screen. Well, that's working pretty good. We gotta go back to this. This is what it all starts with. Okay. Now my brother Moses got all this directly from God yeah you know, right from God it's genesis 12 1 through 3 now the lord said unto abraham abram he wasn't saved yet name wasn't changed yet get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto the land that i will show thee and i will make thee a great nation that great nation is the jewish people why are we called jews it's because of the tribe of judah it comes from the tribe of judah so um I guess being in the dark is okay, but it might get dark outside. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, and then he says, I will make thee a great nation, and I will bless thee and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee and curse them that curse thee. Blessing and cursing in direct relationship to our relationship, to Abraham and his offspring. And the fact that you had Israel Cohen come this weekend, you realize that Israel Cohen, he spoke, he preached and spoke four times this weekend? Four times there's a bowl out there for the offering. Just remember that. Okay. Anyway, (laughs) four times now. Anyway, this is the story. The story... That's nice, brother. Yeah, a little light on the subject, you know. I used to have Moses turning on the lights in the tabernacle. He was good at that. But anyway, so the thing is that uh, God's going to make this great nation. That's the Jewish people. And it's because of the tribe of Judah that we're called Jews. Okay. And I will bless them and make their name great, and I shall be a blessing. I'll bless them that bless thee, curse them that curse thee. In thee... Shall all the families of the earth be blessed? In Abraham and his offspring, all the families of the earth will be blessed. Now, is that sound like the gospel? See, I didn't, I didn't know anything about Jesus. I didn't know anything about the New Testament when I was when I was uh, in the wilderness. I really looked forward to that day. But all this other Jude, uh all this other stuff, Israel told me about. Israel got me all set up and got me all all uh, uh, to understand this. And so we look forward to that day. But you know, that's really the gospel. You have this guy by the name of Saint Saint Paul. You know Saint Paul? I didn't know from him, but we, uh, Israel Cohen, told me his real name was Rabbi Saul, Rab Shaul. Now, over in in Galatians three eight, look what he says. He says the scriptures foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles. Let me tell you a little something about Gentiles, okay? Back in my day, back in my days, we called them the Goyim. That's a Hebrew word. Goyim it means it means the nations, really. Israel Cohen told me something else. Whenever you come to church, you got to bring the King James. I don't know, I don't know what he means, King James. All we have is the Hebrew, and you know what Moses wrote. And we all wrote the Hebrew. We didn't know from King James, so you bring the King. When well, the King James Bible, this word "Goyim," this Hebrew word, they translated "heathen," they translated "pagan," they translated it Gentile nations. Now, if you're here this, uh, this evening and you're non-Jewish. That makes you a Goyim, but it doesn't make you a pagan or a heathen. Or, uh, But that, that, But back in my day, they were the ones that didn't worship the true and the living God. You know, Abraham was a heathen. I, I think uh, you heard that this morning from uh, Israel. I think he talked about that. Uh, he, did, he didn't, you know, Abra- I normally would ask people, was Abraham Jewish? No, he wasn't Jewish, okay? He was a heathen, and God made him the first Hebrew and, and brought him up. So when God was speaking to Abraham, okay, and, he, and we talk about all the nations, all the Gentiles, the non-Jewish nations that were the... They, they would be part of the God's program. Here's what he does. Rabbi Saul, in Galatians three eight, he says, The Scriptures foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles, the Goyim, by faith. He preached the gospel beforehand in advance to Abraham, saying, All the nations will be blessed in you. When God was speaking to Abraham in Genesis 12, that was the gospel, because Rabbi Saul quotes it in in Genesis 3, eight, Now, before we go into the tabernacle, you need to understand why do we need a tabernacle? And, and it's, it's about the Jewish people and how it gives the message to the rest of the world. What do we need a tabernacle for? Listen carefully. This is real important because it all points to the finished work of Messiah, of the Lord Jesus Christ on the cross. First of all, uh, it's a good thing I can't see that clock. Thank you, Jesus. Anyway, so the thing is that uh, we have a problem. We all have a problem. See, here's the problem. It's found in uh, Isaiah 59, 1 and 2. Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, neither is his ear heavy that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hidden His face from you. The problem is sin and iniquity for all of us. Everyone, ever since the time, ever since the time that Adam listened to his wife, I think Israel talked about that a little this morning too. You know, He listened to his wife and got in trouble, okay? Sin came into the world. And so we were, remember, Adam and Eve were out of the garden, separated. And uh, because of sin, away from God, one day God was uh, 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 talking to Adam. Adam, wherefore art thou, Adam? In good King James English, wherefore art thou, Adam. Uh, I was hiding because I was naked. I was not ashamed. Uh, uh, who told you were naked? Uh, uh, you didn't eat the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of God. Oh, uh, the woman made me do it. It's her fault. No, it's your fault. You gave me the woman. The blame game. Be careful. Don't be playing the blame game. You know, he may always oh, take the responsibility. So Adam, he, he uh, ate the, the fruit and he uh, was separ- They were separated from God because of sin. And so what happens? Well, when you have sin, you need this. This is an important verse. Anybody that was at Passover last night with Israel understands this verse. Leviticus 17, 11. Leviticus 17, 11. For the life of the flesh is in the blood. I have given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your soul. For it is the blood that maketh an atonement for the soul. We need the blood of atonement. And when Israel Cohen was growing up in Philadelphia, and he was going to Hebrew school, we never talked about the blood of atonement. The problem? Sin and separation from God. What's the answer? Blood of atonement. We need the blood of atonement. And the writer over there in the book of Hebrews, in the New Testament, he says, almost all things are by the law purged with blood. And without the shedding of blood, no remission. We need the blood of atonement. So what happened with the Garden of Eden? Adam and Eve, they ate the fruit. Adam listened to his wife. They they, 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 uh, were separated from God because of sin and iniquity. And God provided an animal covering, remember? That's the first animal sacrifice in the Bible. Animal covering. Think about this. Adam and Eve in the garden. One lamb, one person. Man, I can't tell what time that clock says at all. Yeah, kind of. One lamb, one person in the garden. Now, we were in bondage in Egypt. And uh, the uh, you saw about the Passover. You heard all about the Passover on Saturday night. If you were here, you should have been here. It was really good. And we talked about the blood on the door. When I see the blood, I'll pass over you. Well, while we were in Egypt... We, we, we got out by the blood of the Lamb, and uh, we got out into the wilderness. And we're out in the wilderness, and we came through the Red Sea. Oh, you should have been there! It was incredible! Pharaoh was chasing after us, and we went right through the Red Sea on dry ground, and we're out in the wilderness. And Pharaoh's armies drowned in the Red Sea. And uh, God knew we were going to sin in the garden, in the, uh, the wilderness, rather. We were going to sin in the wilderness. So he gave us the tabernacle. Tabernacles found eleven times in the Bible. If something's in the Bible once, it's real important. Twice, it's very important. Three times, ah, oh, if you have something in the Bible eleven times, you better pay attention. Now, it's found in Exodus twenty-five through twenty-seven. It's found in Exodus thirty through thirty-one. It's found in Exodus thirty-five through forty. So we came out into the wilderness, and God said to uh, Moses, my brother. He said, make special robes for Aaron. He's going to be the priest. He's going to minister before the people uh, of Israel. He's going to be the mediator between God and man in the tabernacle. So he made these special robes. Now, there were people that were filled with the Holy Spirit of God. And you make a special hat. This is called a, a mitre. It's a special hat. And up here in the front, it says, Kadosh Adonai. Can you read that? Kadosh Adonai. It's Hebrew, fella. It's Hebrew. You know, don't, you don't, see, there's coming a time we're going to be with Jesus in heaven. Okay? And the language we're going to speak is Hebrew, so we've got to learn it now. You understand? <laughs> yeah. We've got to practice. Now. You don't think we're going to speak English in heaven? Uh, it's got to be Hebrew. Anyway, Kadosh? I don't know. I say holiness unto the God, Lord. Now the Bible tells us if you're a believer in the Messiah, Israel Cohen told me this. He said, if you believe in the Messiah, you know what that means? You're a priest. You're a priest. You don't need me anymore. Oh, don't need the hype. I understand the temple's been destroyed. There's no priesthood. That's that's right. And you so when you wake up in the morning, you're a priest before God. If you're a believer in Jesus, First thing on your, on your mind. First thing right before your eyes. The holiness of God. You always think of the holiness of God. Kadosh know. Always think of the holiness of God before your eyes. And so God made these special robes for me. This is a breastplate. Very special. Each one of these represents one of the tribes of Israel. Each one has the name of the tribe. So as I would go in and minister in the tabernacle, I would have... This is a little dangerous, but... Don't let me... Look, you're watching? You see it? Mike? Okay, good. You're not going to let me spill that, right? You watch? Okay, good. So, uh, as I go in the tabernacle, I have the, the nation of Israel, all 12 tribes before my heart. On this shoulder, I have a stone, see? Six tribes there. Six tribes here. And I would go in. I'd lift up the nation of Israel before the Lord in the tabernacle. I have the nation of Israel before my heart as I go in to minister in the tabernacle. Bells and pomegranates. You probably heard about the rope on the foot. Well, we'll talk about that in a minute. It didn't happen, folks. It's not true. So I don't have no rope on my foot. But uh, I would go in special to minister before the Lord. And God said, you need to make a tabernacle, a sanctuary. And uh, we find the, the, um, the uh, material for building the tabernacle in Exodus chapter 25. Exodus 25, 1 through 9. And... Uh, <coughs> We came out of Egypt. When we left after the plagues and the, the Egyptians were giving us their spoils. They were giving us gold and silver and acacia wood and porpoise skins dried. But we had everything, sweet-smelling aroma. We had all, all that stuff. So God said to my brother, Moses, and he wrote it down in Exodus 25, 1 through 9. The Lord spake unto Moses, my brother, speak unto the children of Israel that they bring me an offering of every man that giveth it willingly with his heart, that ye shall offering, I know my offering, and this is the offering which ye shall take of them. It was a free will offering. Now over here is where all this, that, those dots mean something's missing. And what's missing is the acacia wood, the, the porpoise skins dyed red, the, 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 the uh, sweet-smelling, fragrant aroma, the oils, all that's involved there. And they had to give this, this offering, the gold and the silver. And he says, and let them make me a sanctuary. Why? That I may dwell among them. God's desire is always to dwell among His people. God wants to dwell with His people. He wants to dwell with Adam and Eve in the garden, even after they sinned, if, even after they had one lamb, one person, and they had the animal covering. God wants to dwell with His people. He wants to dwell with us in, in, uh, in the wilderness as we went. He wants to dwell with us in the year 2011. He wants to dwell into eternity. And you're going to see that very clearly. That I may dwell among them according to all that I show thee after the pattern of the tabernacle and the uh, pattern of the instruments thereof, even so shall ye make it. So God gave my brother Moses instructions. He said those that are filled with the Holy Spirit of God will be in in needlepoint and embroidery and construction that they would be able to make the tabernacle. And then we read over the book of Hebrews. We read about the true tabernacle in heaven. And then we read about the shadow and the example. And he says this, see, saith he, that thou make all things according to the pattern shown thee on the mountain. And he quotes from Exodus 25 when he says that. So we're going to talk about the, the, the example right now. We'll come about to the shadow in just a moment. Now here's the tabernacle. Wow, there it is. That's the tabernacle. Here's the fancy schmancy tent. That's, I told you, uh, no, Israel told you the other day, didn't he? They, uh, they told you the fancy schmancy is Hebrew for it's nice okay, that's it, that's a fancy schmancy tent that's where Moses and I would hang out you know, <laughs> <We> would, <laughs> that's, you know. and over here is the actual tabernacle see, this is the fence, here's the gate outer court, the laver the actual tabernacle itself, smoke by day this is where the nation of Israel would have all, the, by tribes, would be lined up uh, be uh, uh, camped out by tribes the rest of the nations would be up here looking down, you want to get involved with God you come down you come through the tabernacle, come through the priesthood through all that line and they come down. Here's another picture of the tabernacle. This one is uh, got all the animals there. There's the gate. there's the outer court, the brazen altar, the labor, the actual tabernacle itself, smoke by day, and fire by night. Now, uh, if fire would move, we would move. Smoke would move, we would move. We followed. Now I think Israel told you about this, but I want, remind, I want to remind you something. this is very important. How long were we in the wilderness? Forty years in the wilderness. Why 40 years? It wasn't because we didn't have GPS. Or was it wasn't because we didn't ask for directions. Okay, the problem was, you know, Deuteronomy chapter one verse two. It says this: "It's eleven days to Canaan, but we have Canaan's born you. Eleven days. We could have been in in eleven days, but see, when you don't listen to God, you get in trouble. And we didn't listen to God. We sent in the spies. Remember the spies? Intelligent, smart. You know, go in the spy. So we sent in the, uh, the twelve tribes, 12, 12 tri- spies. They came back." Ten of them said, "Oh, well, we can't do it. There's giants in the land, and, and we'll never be able to do it. But two guys came back, and they said, we can do it. That's Joshua and Caleb. Joshua uh, and Caleb. And so we got the 40-year plan because we looked at the giants instead of the Lord. You may have some giants in your life. Look to the Lord, not the giants, because you may get the 40-year plan. Some of you are already going through the 40-year plan. You know what I'm talking about. So you, gotta, you don't want to do that. You want to be looking to the giants, okay, and listening to the Lord. And uh, Joshua and Caleb were the only two that went in. Joshua took over from my brother Moses. I, I died in the wilderness. Moses was buried by God himself. It's incredible. We don't even know where this tomb is. It's amazing stuff. But so, and it wasn't like, sometimes you get this idea, like a Thursday we're over here, and, and by uh, a Monday we're up here, and by next, the Tuesday, we're over here. No, it was like five years here and 10 years there and 15 years there. It was a big tabernacle. And we didn't. Here's a good word for you. Israel called grandparents. When they came over from Eastern Europe, they would, uh, they would have uh, been speaking Yiddish. That's an Eastern European Jewish language. And in the in, in Eastern European Jewish language, the word is kvetch. That means to complain. Were we complaining? You couldn't believe it. We should have been back in Egypt. I wanted the leeks and the onions. I don't know what we wanted with the leeks and the onions. You needed that breath like you wouldn't believe. We needed, like, Tic Tacs or some scope or something, man. Colgate toothpaste, man. It was, it was bad, I'm telling you. But uh, we didn't know because everybody smelled the same. You understand? But so the thing is that uh, we were kvetching. That's a good word. fetching, We were complaining. Uh, that's the Yiddish for uh, complaining. And, and, and we didn't, like, schleppers to lug it around. We didn't schlep this thing around all the time. So there's the tabernacle. So the fire would move, we would move. Smoke would move, we would move. There's the cleaned-up tabernacle, Okay. Here's the tabernacle. There you go. Now, when you fly over top of the tabernacle, this is what it looks like. We did not, we did not steal a helicopter from Pharaoh, but it would have been nice. But we, we, we did. When you fly over top, this is what happens. You see, the fence would be around here. Okay, down here would be the gate. Here would be the brazen altar, the laver, the holy place. There's the golden lamps and not candlesticks. That's a King James word. It's oil lamp. You'll see that. There's the table of showbread altar of incense inside the veil in the New Testament and the Ark of the Covenant and the mercy seat in the Holy of Holies. Now, I didn't know anything about this. You know anything about this? The cross? I understand Israel told me by the time of the first century, this is the way that criminals were were killed. This was the, I think Israel like said, it's like uh, Like the hangman's noose. It's like the electric chair. It's like the lethal injection. This is the way people were killed. This is the way. And Jesus, our Messiah, He died on the cross by the first century. That's what, but look at this. It's very, very interesting. All the furniture points, makes a shape of the cross. First of all, it always points east, okay? Points east. And, and this would be north, west, east. South. Okay, so we start down here at the gate. We walk right up the cross. The brazen altar, the laver, the golden lampstand, table of showbread, altar of incense inside the veil in the New Testament, and the Ark of the Covenant and the mercy seat. Now, this is hard to read this one. Let me just show you something. That on there, that's John 12 and verse 32. See, so that's the brazen altar. It's the cross, there's the laver, the altar of incense the uh, golden lampstand table showbread and you are to cover it. but John 12:32 says this if i be lifted up from the earth i'll draw all men unto me tonight we're going to lift up jesus we're going to lift up yeshua that's his hebrew name we'll lift up yeshua in the tabernacle we're going to see how every piece of furniture points to the Messiah. I didn't know all this. Israel had a chance. Explain it to me. But I'm going to look forward to that day, and it all fits together. Now, uh, Yeshua, Jesus, he is the only way. He is our high priest. He's the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes, cometh unto the Father but through him, John 14:6. So we've got to understand what we're going to see is the way of salvation in the tabernacle in Jesus. Yes, in the Old Testament. That's not Old Testament. That's, uh, you know, we have no improved model. No, the whole thing is God's inspired text. The stuff that my brother Moses wrote down is just inspired. The stuff that Rabbi Saul wrote down in the New Testament. So here's the tabernacle. Now, we're going to start down here at the gate right down there. Now, we had a little technical difficulty, but we'll work that out. The gate is the way of introduction to the message. Now, you don't necessarily get saved by coming to the door of the church. That's a good place to start. So over in uh, Exodus, Exodus 26, 36 or 37, talks about the gate, the way of introduction at the gate or the door. Five cubits this way, five cubits that way. Moses and I drew this up ourselves, so you get the idea. A cubit is 13 inches, okay? 13 inches is, a, uh, excuse me, 18 inches. Israel didn't uh, explain that to me exactly right. 18 inches. 18 inches a cubit. So watch this. Now, if this works, thank you, Lord. Let's see. Okay. Uh, not too shabby. Okay, this... Well, that's, the wrong, well, that's the wrong place. We've got to go around here. Now we got it. See that moving? If I move it too fast, I have to give you a Dramamine, so I'll skip that. Okay. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, a uh, Dramamine. Okay, that's the gate. That's the gate. That's where you enter in. That's the gate. And we're going to walk through it. We're going to go through the whole tabernacle. And you see those lions on there? They look like lions with wings. That's the cherubim that they were embroidered into the cloth. Now, over here... Uh-oh, there we go. Are we back? Yeah, over there... Now, this is the gate. Now, what's, what's the gate? It's the way of introduction at the gate, the door. Uh, Matthew 7 and verse 13 and 14 says, Enter ye in at the straight gate, because straight is the gate. See, now, this is about the narrow gate. We're going to talk about the straight gate. And narrow is the way that leadeth unto life, but few there are that find it. The straight gate. Okay? We want to enter in by the straight gate, or you want to enter by the door. See, Yeshua is... The, the door. He's the way of introduction to the message. I am the door. If by me any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. John 10 and verse 9. So, at the gate, he's the way of introduction. But once you come inside and you kind of be introduced to the message, you come to this the brazen altar. The brazen altar. That's the place of sacrifice. That's where we. Whoops, what happened there? Hello. What happened there? Okay, thank you, Lord. Uh. Uh, uh, PowerPoint has encountered a problem and so has is Israel Cohen uh, there you go, let's see okay, will the, holy moly file uh, uh, Israel Cohen didn't show me how to do all this but I'll figure it out, I don't know we're going to have to figure this out a little more, let's see uh, slideshow uh, oy, oy, oy. Uh, okay you're familiar with the phrase you ever hear this phrase, it's called oy vey. That's what the Jewish people say when they got a problem here like this. Okay. Um, a slideshow here. What do I see on the screen? Anything there? It's searching for something. There's uh, coming back. Oh, now I got the screen here. It was supposed to be there. What? Yeah, I know I gotta do that again. Wait, is it coming up? Yeah, that's it. I gotta do that again. I don't know why it did that. It had a problem. But you guys that are modern technology guys, you know about this stuff. Wait a minute. Uh, it's coming on the top. Is it up top there? Where did it go? Uh wanna come back up here and show me how we did that? Anyway, we're gonna go in. We start at the gate, that's the way of introduction. And uh in the wilderness we didn't have these technical toys that uh, you know <laughs> uh-huh. uh, Oh there you go. He knows how to do it. He's a good guy, man. Uh we would have we could've used you in the wilderness. Oh yeah, you got it like this. There we go. Now, okay. Real quick, boo boo, 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 boom, 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 boom. boom, boom, boom. Boom, boom, boom. i got to start over here. Hopefully, we won't have any more problems. Uh, Lord willing. Thank you, Lord. Let's see. Okay. Went to the cross. We Went there. Went there. We Went there. Priest. Uh, gate. Okay. Good. Whoa. Gate. Straight gate. Door. Good. Okay. Here we go. There it is. That's the brazen uh, altar. And, uh, X is 38 and 39. Look, that's a little old me. It's a big brazen altar. 18 inches to a cubic. you got three cubits this way, five cubits that way. Big brazen altar. Now, if this happens again, I'm not going to be able to show you the animation. So, Lord, we ask you to make this work good in the name of our Messiah. Let's see what comes up. There is the gate. Okay, so far it's good. Now, we go around the gate. See, we turn around like this, and we go over here. That's the brazen altar. The ones in the white would be my Levitical priestly brothers. Okay, there's the brazen altar. We turn it around. See how big it is. That's where we put the animal sacrifices. And we go back time after time. We go back to the brazen altar. Oh, there's a minor problem here. Uh, we go back to the brazen altar. See, that's the minor problem. i got to move that. Okay, we'll make it work. And so we go back to the tabernacle thing. Is it on the screen right? There it goes. Good. And so the brazen altar... Now, if we sinned, we go back to another sin. You go back. You don't have to go back to the cross. This speaks to us, of course, the finished work of Messiah, Christ, on the cross. It, it, the finished work. And, if, see, we go back, we sin, another animal sacrifice, another animal sacrifice. And we're making sacrifices all the time. It's kind of like if you have a boo-boo, and it hurts. What you do is you put a Band-Aid on it, right? But then if it still hurts, you put another Band-Aid... And another Band-Aid, maybe? And it still hurts you. And you wind up with a stack of Band-Aids, but you didn't take care of the problem. See, what's the problem? Well, the problem needs to be taken care of. That's what's taken care of by Jesus. See, like put a little ointment on it, you know, something really take care of it. Well, Jesus, he died on the cross. He took care of the problem. So we never have to go back to the brazen altar. But the brazen altar speaks to us of the way of reconciliation. Remember, we're separated from God because of sin. And the way of reconciliation brings us back. That's the blood of atonement. Remember Leviticus 17, 11. God was in Messiah, in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself. For he, God the Father, made him, Jesus the Son, to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be the righteous of God in him. 2 Corinthians five nineteen and 21. So, what have we seen so far? We've seen that Jesus is the way. He's the way of introduction at the gate. We have reconciliation at the brazen altar. We'll let you know a secret. We're not talking about you guys in Alfred Amon Bible. We're not talking about you guys. But there are people. They get saved. They're born again. They're really, they believe that Jesus died for their sins. You know what they do after they sin? No, you can't believe it, right? Well, um, maybe you're visiting, you didn't fess up, you know who you are. But the truth of the matter is, we would go back to the Brazen Altar all the time. You don't have to go back to the Brazen Altar. We know that we sin after we get saved. That's, that happens, you know. We have the laver. Now, that's not a little Lord's Supper cup. You know, you take the Lord's Supper like a little cup. That's a big brazen altar where my head would be way up here, see? That's Exodus 30, 17. The way of separation. So, you had the way of introduction, the way of reconciliation. Now, separation, going on with Him, walking with Him, confession of sin. And so, if this works, okay, let's see. Good so far. We go back here. Is that on the screen? Good. Good. There we go. There's the tabernacle. There's my Levitical priestly brothers that would be ministering in the tabernacle. See now, see how big it is? It's a big tabernacle. That's why we didn't slap it around every couple of days. See, it's huge humongous. Slap it means to lug or to drag. Okay, so now whoops, I went inside. Too soon. Let's see. Uh, well, anyway, we went inside. Let me just go. Uh, let me there's a way to get back there. Uh, wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, you gotta go over here technical difficulties Israel we should have worked on this before ok come back here what's that oh that's the outer court ok well uh, we don't have the time to do that so we're going to go back here let's see ok now that's the labor We that's a place of cleansing uh, you know what can I tell you we'll have to come back to that now when we would go, before we go in the priestly line would, would be cleansing uh, washing up there but here's what the Bible says John 12 and verse 10 Yeshua said I am the uh, he, that wa- needed, he that is washed needeth not to save to wash his feet but is clean every whit." John 12:10. the way of separation the way of separation at the laver this was a Passover and uh Jesus comes in and he starts washing the disciples' feet, he takes off his outer garment, wraps a towel around him. He's washing the disciples' feet. And uh, the disciples, Then uh, uh, Peter jumps up. Peter says, Wash me all over. He said, No, you don't have to wash me all over. He said, You're clean. Every weight means all of you. All way. So he said, he, Peter wanted to wash him all over. You don't have to do that. See, once you're saved, you go back to the labor. Here's a good verse for you. John 15, 3. Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. If you've been a believer for any length of time, even you young folks, you've got to know this verse. This is a very important verse. John uh first John one nine. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So what have we learned so far? We have learned that Yeshua, Jesus, is the way in the tabernacle. He's the way of introduction at the gate, we have reconciliation at the brazen altar, we have separation, sanctification, and cleansing at the labor. And we go into the holy uh, place. Now, when we go into the holy place, we come to this. That's the golden lampstand. It's the way of illumination. Let's see if this is okay here. No, it's not. Okay, we'll go back here, and we'll be right there. Okay, uh, there. That's the golden lampstand. It's the way of illumination inside the, uh, the holy place. And it's not a golden candlestick. Okay, it's the way of illumination. Yeshua said this, I am the light of the world. He that follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. John 8 and verse 12. And then he says something else. He says this in John 5, 5 514. It's on the Sermon on the Mount. He says, you are the light of the world. Wait a minute. How could you be the light of the world if he's the light of the world? What's that? See, here's how it works, folks. Many years ago, Israel Cole was in one of them buildings in New York. It was uh, it was, uh, uh he was in New York and he was, uh, it was a blackout. One of total complete. Electricity was totally off. I mean, it was so black, if you put your hand in front of your face, you couldn't even see your face. It was dangerous. But in the distance, there was a building and it had light streaming from the windows. Why? It was a hospital. And they had their own internal power source, they had their own generator. And they had light coming from the window. See, if you have Jesus in there, you believe in Jesus, he's the light of the world. If you have the light of the world inside, you should be shining. You should be. Uh, the light should be shining out for him. He said, hey, hey, Bob, what's the matter? You don't have, you have Jesus in there? You know, remember my brother Moses? He went up to the mountain, and he got the Ten Commandments and all and he got the law and he talked to God. And then he comes down and he had to put a veil on his face. It was so shiny. Remember that? Why? Because he was hanging out with God. If you've been hanging out with God, you should be shiny. How, Israel called reads the Bible every morning. He reads the New Living Translation of you like that one I don't know I don't know anything about that Israel was telling me That's what, and he reads it on his, on his phone and stuff on his computer he's, he's kind of a high tech kind of guy but he reads that and, and he, he gets shiny because he reads the word you need to be reading the word every, holiness unto God you need to be shining, spending time with him you're the light of the world as you have the light of the world residing within you well you have the light believe in the light that you may be children of the light now what have we learned we've learned that Jesus the way is the way of introduction at the gate we have reconciliation at the brazen altar we have separation, sanctification, cleansing at the labor. He's the way of illumination at the golden lampstand inside the holy place. Okay, now we go over on this side. That's the altar of uh, the uh, table of showbread, rather. The table of showbread. And uh, the table of showbread uh, is, is the place for satisfaction. Are you hungry? We're not talking about hungry for pizza or for ice cream. We're talking about are you hungry for spiritual food? See, Jesus, we would bake this bread fresh every day. We, we were the only guys that were eating. We were actually eating lamb sandwiches. Everybody else was eating manna. See, we got the meat off the altar, the priest, and we got, we baked the bread. We got the traveling nomadic tribes that would come by with, when we'd buy the wheat from them. And we'd be baking the bread fresh every day. It's also known as the bread of the presence, the table show bread. And we, we would have the uh, lamb on the, the meat from the altar. And we have the bread. We'd make sandwiches. And you know when someone came by, you know what we would say? got any great poupons? no we didn't say that but anyway you know we were making sandwiches you got to do something like that but anyway the table of showbreads the way of satisfaction the way you, you, you remember that there's a prophet in the scripture that says it says you eat the word remember that he says you eat the word and it was sweet in his mouth and then he'd take it and it was sour in his stomach that's what happens when you're when you're reading the Bible you know Israel has been reading the Bible for 50 years 50 years let me tell you something I'm gonna let you on a secret I don't know if he'll tell you or not he missed a couple of days in between, <laughs> here and there. And, you know, don't feel guilty if you missed a couple of days reading the Word. But uh, he reads the Word every day. And sometimes, you know, it got like 10 years later. This is part of illumination, a part of, of uh, conviction. You know, hey, I never saw that before. It's always been there, you know. And you've been reading the Bible every year. It's always been there. But he said, well, I never saw that before. And you get something. So you, you, you take the Word in, you bring it down, Maybe conviction, bring it up. That's conviction. And then you, it's like the cow chewing the cud. You guys are like rural here, so you know about that. And the cow would chew the cud, and then bring it back, get more nourishment, bring it back, come back. So it's the way of satisfaction. Yeshua said, I am the bread of life. I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger. He that believeth in me shall never thirst. John 6, 35. And so we have learned. Listen carefully. This is a review. He's the way of introduction to the gate. We have reconciliation at the brazen altar. We have separation, sanctification, and cleansing at the laver. He's the way of, of uh, illumination at the golden lampstand. He's the way of satisfaction at the table of showbread, the way of intercession at the altar of incense. Now, see this? Let me tell you something. This is the incense sensor. It's all hooked around here. Like that. Did, Mike, did you remember this? Okay, now, this is the incense sensor. I would carry this around. Sweet smelling aroma. Now, we don't put. I, the smoke alarm went off one time in the church. And we said, well, we better not bring that in. But anyway, sweet smelling aroma. And walk around, and that. Now, do I look Jewish? Uh, uh, you think about Jew, like the New York Jews and uh, Brooklyn and stuff. This is the real Jewish look. That's not the Jewish look. That's Eastern European stuff. This is the Jewish look. Someone once said to me, "I look like Father O'Malley." Uh, I don't know what they're talking about, but by the way, they got it from us. <laughs> you know why? Did they, why do they call that guy a priest? You know, and why does he walk around like this? Because they're, they're still hanging out in the Old Testament. <laughs> you know, we got we have the new we have the new covenant and all this above. Now, back in my day, this sweet-smelling aroma, you know, sweet to us of our prayers. By the way, we're going to see that. Okay, sweet-smelling aroma. The thing is that. Uh, we used to have a name for it. We called it the Holy Smoker. <laughs> that's what it was, because that was Holy Smoke, that's for sure. It was the Holy Smoker. So, whoops, hello. Oh, just spilled the sweet-smelling aroma all over the, over the thing. Now, the thing is that um, we have the altar of incense. There it is, right there. Put out that holy, that sm- that, uh, all the sweet-smelling aroma that God would give us, that we, we put in there, the way of intercession. That's your prayers. We would carry us around and notice something. Look, look real carefully. See this? There's a ring there and a ring there. See that? That is where we put the poles. That's where we use the poles to carry it. Okay, we slap it around. I don't know why we use poles. I mean, we could have used a couple of Russians, but, you know, we use poles. But anyway, oh, that's bad. Sorry. <laughs> but anyway, we use that. That's the, but anyway, Israel called me, told me to tell you that. Now, this is a very technical little verse. This is Hebrews 9, 2, and, 2 through 4. For there was a tabernacle made with the first, within was the candles, that's the golden lampstand, and the table and the showbread, which is called the sanctuary. That would be the holy place. And after the second veil, the veil which was called the holiest of all, the, the uh, tabernacle which is called the, holiest, that's the Holy of Holies, which had the golden censer and the Ark of the Covenant. In other words, that was inside the veil in the New Testament. This is why. I hope this picture shows up. That's pretty good. Yeah, this is the temple. Okay, These are the the lytical priesthood. The temple was designed after the tabernacle. Okay, And when Jesus dies on the cross, what happens? The big thick veil that would be separating the holy place from the holy of holies dripped in two right down the middle. Some some people still didn't believe. It's amazing. Israel Cohen told me they still didn't believe. See, he is the way of intercession. Your prayer smells sweet to God. Whether you brush your teeth or use mouthwash, he still... It's, they still smell sweet to God. God is saving up your prayers in a very special way. I pray to God that you're praying on a regular basis. By Him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips, giving, uh, giving thanks in His name. Hebrews 13 and verse 15. There's a good verse in Hebrew in Psalm 141.2. Let my prayer be set before He as incense. Your prayers smell sweet to God. Now, over in the book of Revelation, in chapter 8, verse 34, it talks about our prayers. This is interesting. Another angel came and stood at the altar having a golden censer, He had a golden holy smoker, and there was given unto him much incense, much sweet-smelling aroma that he should offer with the prayers of the saints. In some way, he saves up our prayers and mingles that with the sweet-smelling aroma in heaven upon the golden uh, altar, which is before the, the throne. And the smoke of the incense which came up with the prayers of the saints ascended before the angel's hand. Revelation 8, verse 3 and 4. What have we learned? We've learned that Jesus is the way. He's the way of the way of intercession, a way of introduction at the gate. The way of reconciliation at the brazen altar. The way of separation, sanctification, cleansing at the laver. He's the way of illumination at the golden lampstand. The way of Satisfaction at the table of showbread. We have intercession at the altar of incense inside the veil in the New Testament and he's the way of intimate, personal communion with him at the Ark of the Covenant, the mercy seat. Exodus uh, 25, 10 through 22. And that's how, it's a big uh, Ark of the Covenant. Uh, Indiana Jones found it, uh, I think, but anyway, that's the story. At two and a half cubits this way, a uh, cubic and a half this way, incredible. I would go there one day a year on Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, or actually the Day of the Covering. And uh, now, uh, some people ask me about the rope on my foot. I don't have no rope on my foot. It never happened, folks. It, it's a bubba mysa, That's an old wives' tale. <laughs> a bubba meister. And uh, like Peter talks about, an old wives' tale. And uh, no rope on the foot. But what would happen? This is what happens. See, Leviticus 16 talks about your Day of Atonement. Yom Kippur. And the Lord said unto Moses, that's my brother, Speak unto the Aaron, uh, thy brother, that he come not at all times. I couldn't go in there all the time. To the holy place within the veil, the holy of holies, at the mercy seat, which is upon the ark, that he die not. I would have died if I went in any other day. I never did. I always went in the right day. And I will appear in a cloud upon the mercy seat. And he, that's me, shall put on holy linen coat. I change my clothes. I put on, and he shall have uh, linen breeches, underwear, linen breeches. oh, that's a good word, upon the flesh, and he shall be girded with a, a special linen girdle, not a woman's girdle, and with, with a linen miter, special linen hat, and he, he shall be attired. These are holy, special holy garments only for the Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur. And then it says, therefore shall he wash his flesh with water and put them on. Uh, at least once a year I took a bath. I mean, we all smelled the same in the wilderness, you understand? It wasn't, you know, so we didn't notice, you know? So I would go in, and you have access in it at any time. Remember, you're a high priest. You have the holiness of God before your eyes. You can, you're, you're illuminated because you've been spending time with the Lord. You have the you have the, uh, the, the uh, light of the world within you. You can go in at any time. See, First 1 John 1, 1.3 says, Truly our fellowship is with the Father, and with the Son, Yeshua, the Messiah. Remember uh, Adam and Eve in the garden? One lamb, one person. At Passover, when we came out of Egypt, we had one lamb, one family. Put the blood in the door. I see the blood, I'll pass over you, One lamb, one family. When I went into the, the uh, Holy of Holies in the Ark of the Covenant, sprinkled the blood, it was, uh, it was one lamb, one nation. I have two goats I take in there. And one would be the scapegoat. we throw the lots. One scapegoat. The scapegoat would take away our sins, and the, my priestly brothers would take it over the cliff and break the leg. And that would, That's what Jesus did when he died on the cross. He took away our sins. But then I sprinkled the blood. That's the one that cleanses us from our sins. And so my, the sins would be cleansed. By my blood, uh, the, Jesus cleanses us from our sins, the once of all atonement. So you can go in at any time. Truly, our fellowship is with the Father, with the Son, Yeshua, the Messiah. What have we seen? We've seen this. Jesus is the way of introduction at the gate, Jesus is the way of, of reconciliation at the brazen altar. He's the way of separation, sanctification, and cleansing at the laver. He's the way of illumination at the golden lampstand. We have satisfaction at the table of showbread. We have intercession at the altar of incense inside the veil of the New Testament and the way of intimate, personal communion with him. Today, what do we have? We have one lamb for everyone. See, on the cross, Jesus said this. This is John nineteen thirty. He said, it is finished. See, my job was never finished. I had to keep working and working and serving and putting on more animals and more sacrifices and more sacrifices. But Jesus said, It is finished. So now what do we have? One lamb, one person in the Garden of Eden, one lamb, one family at Passover, one lamb, one nation at Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement in the uh, Holy of Holies. And now we have one lamb for everyone. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. There's a piece of furniture missing. You know what's missing? What's missing is the chair. I had no chair to sit down. Why not? My job was never finished. But Jesus, when his job was finished, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, Hebrews 1, 3. He sat down at the majesty on high, Hebrews 10, 12. We want to apply this message to our life, folks, tonight. And the, the application is Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. Looking or fixing your eyes unto Yeshua, unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. He said it's finished. He's the finisher of our faith. The once of all told me. he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Now, the idea is this. Israel Cohen told me he likes cartoons. You like cartoons? You ever see like the cartoon characters walking along? And he's got a job to do. He's got to do this. He can't be distracted. And he's walking. And You see, like the little, the little uh, uh musical notes coming out of his mouth. You know, he's like whistling. But something attractive catches his eyes. His eyes become like rubber. Bong! And no matter where he turns his head, those eyes are stuck over. That's fixing your eyes on Jesus, folks. See, holiness of God. You're a priest before God. You wake up in the morning. Holiness of God. Get into the Bible. Get into the Word. You know, eat the Word. It becomes a little sour in the stomach. Bring it back up. Down, down. Bring it back. Learn what's going on. Learn, and then. Keep your eyes on Jesus. You know, sometimes we have this idea that you can go somewhere. Look, the Lord wouldn't want me to be here. You know, some people say, well, I can't say that from the pulpit. Well, if you can't say it from the pulpit, don't say it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, if you, if you, and you say, well, Jesus, you wait here. I'll go over here. Jesus is not going to wait there. You ever hear people say this? Between you, me, and the lamppost? It's not between you, me, and the lamppost. It's between you, me, and Jesus. He's listening, folks. He's listening to all of us. He's young or old, he's listening. He's watching. So he keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. See, he's the, the one atonement. Now. Remember what I said God wants to dwell with his people? Well, what's it say? This is Revelation 21, 1 through 3. This is the true tabernacle in heaven. I saw the new heaven and new earth. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared it as a bride adorned for a husband. I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be their God. God's desire has always been in the Garden of Eden in, in Egypt, at Passover, in the wilderness, in 2011, into the future, he wants to dwell with his people. God wants a tabernacle and dwell with his people. Well, in case you don't understand the message, who's that wait a minute. Who's that? Wow, that's a cute little guy. That's Israel Cohen who was eight years old. I know that's hard to believe, but that's Israel Cohen at eight years old. Boy, he had big ears and he was cute. Uh, now then that says, "Oh, there's a boy, there's a handsome dude. That's Israel Cohen again. He was 19 years old in that picture. He just came to faith. And how did he come to faith? By reading this chapter. Isaiah 53. He was in Morocco in the Navy. Remember this. You want a free book on Isaiah 53? You go to Isaiah53.com. Get your free book. Get an extra copy for your Jewish friends. Now, what did Israel do? He read Isaiah 53, but then he did what Abraham did. Genesis 15, 6. Abraham believed in the Lord and he counted to him for righteousness. We need to believe and receive. For the first time in his life, Israel read, read this verse. Psalm 2.12 Kiss the Son, lest He be angry and you perish from the way. When His wrath is kindled but a little. Blessed are all they that put their trust in Him. I pray to God you have put your trust in the Son. Psalm 2.12 Kiss the Son, put your trust in Him. Fifty years ago, May 16th will be fifty years ago, Israel read this verse for the first time in his life. John 1.12, 11 and 12. He came unto His own. Jesus came to the Jews, Jewish people. But his own received them not, but as many as received them, Jews and Gentiles, to them he gave the power to become sons of God, even to them that believe in his name. I pray to God that you have come to know him, that you believe in his name. If you have any question about that, see Pastor John. Talk to Israel Cohen's going to be out at the table there. Now I want to remind you about this brochure. We've done this a couple of times. Where did I put that brochure? Did I, uh, here it is. This is the brochure. Now there's some more of these brochures on the table if you need it. If you want to get the see, uh, see uh, Sola she's going to be out there I'm going to tell her how to get you get the video by going to Sola and you take this part of the brochure drop it in the plate on the way by we'll send you a newsletter a prayer letter if you give something make it out to Chosen People Ministries or check or whatever and uh, we can go like this so we won't get this all messed up and we'll have to work on that electronics again and oh, I know what we have to do we have to go like this we have to shut it off you got to go like that and that's shut off okay now Fill out that brochure. Let us know who you are. Want to give to the ministry? The plate is out there, and you give by credit card or debit card. So, we're going to have an opportunity to uh, have a benediction. Everybody's going to stand for the benediction, and then you're going to have some. Wait, you have special instructions from Pastor John before the benediction. Yeah, the adults can stay and ask questions. Okay, let's do that. Then. Uh, and if the kids have questions, I'll answer the questions later. Yeah.